1: You know, sometimes we we will say of a person, music is their life, sports is their life, work is their life. For the Christian, Christ is life. This is a thought that's very dear to Paul. When he was writing to the Philippians, he said, for me to live is Christ.
2: Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse, featuring the teaching of Pastor Leighton Shealy, Senior Pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, This is a daily outreach from Church of the Highlands, and we're on the web at studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. Pastor Layton is continuing a study in the book of
1: Colossians, and we'll be in the third chapter today. The right hand of God is is a theme that we find throughout Scripture. For instance, in Psalm 110.1, it says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make thine enemies a footstool for thy feet. Jesus told the accusers at his trial, from now on the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. On the day of Pentecost, Peter told the crowd that Jesus had been exalted to the right hand of God. The Apostle Paul in Romans 8 said Christ Jesus is at the right hand of God interceding for us. Because of Christ's exaltation to the Father's right hand, He is a perpetual source of blessing for His people. Verse 3, For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And so here Paul stresses the reason for living uh, in the heavenlies and it's to be the norm for us believers. And the reason is because we have died to this worldly system. Have died is in the past tense. If you're a Greek person, it's in the aorist tense. It happened at a point in history. In Christ's death, all believers died. And he has this phrase, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. It's a fascinating phrase. You know, back in that time, the Greeks had a common saying to describe the person who had died and was buried as being hidden in the earth. It's a common phrase. And and what they meant by that is that person is hidden in the earth. They're protected in the earth. They're no longer subject to the things that those who are among the living are subject to. Wars and pestilence and want and famines and so forth. They are hidden, protected in the earth. And the Christians rephrase this. We're not hidden in the earth. We're hidden in Christ. We're hidden with Christ. We are protected with Christ. It was the perception of the early Christians that the very act of baptism wrapped a person in Christ. We are in Christ. And Christ is in God. Folks, there is no safer place to be. Consider this truth of God's protection as Paul describes it in Romans chapter 8. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also, along with Him, graciously give us all things? And who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. And who is He that condemns? Well, Jesus Christ, who died... There is no safer place to be. We are safe and secure in Christ. And there's another thought that's wrapped up with this word hidden. Because the word hidden describes something that is concealed. That can't be seen or can't be seen yet. And the day is coming when Christ is going to return in glory. And then the Christian will share in that glory and it will be revealed. And that day is going to be when Christ returns. That's why this next verse Paul says when Christ who is your life appears then you also will appear with Him in glory. In glory. Now right now Christ is seated at the right hand of God interceding but one day He's going to come to take His people home and when He does we are going to enter into eternal glory with Christ. When Christ appears Christ is coming again. He said He would. He always keeps His promises. This is one of the core doctrines of the Christian faith. It's clearly referenced in the Apostles' Creed. And whenever we partake of communion, we declare the Lord's death until He comes. Yes. We're declaring that He's coming again. Then look at this phrase he uses, when Christ appears, when Christ, who is your life, appears. What's the significance of that phrase, who is your life? Well, this is one of the titles that Paul gives of great devotion. He calls Christ Christ our life. You know, sometimes we, we will save a person music is their life. Sports is their life. Work is their life. Or another way of phrasing it is, they live to work. They live to work. We're describing someone who finds their satisfaction in music and sports and work. For the Christian, Christ is life. Christ is life. This is a thought that's very dear to Paul. When he was writing to the Philippians, he said, for me to live is Christ. Christ is my life. I live for Christ. When Christ, who is your life. That's why we set our mind on things above. That's why we set our heart on things above. Because Christ is above and he is our life then you also will appear with Him in glory. According to the Apostle Paul, we've already been glorified. But that glory has not yet been revealed. We are hidden in Christ. Romans 8.30 says, And those He predestined, notice the past tense, those He predestined, He also called. Those He called, He also justified. Those He justified, He also glorified past tense. If you're a Greek person, it's the aorist tense. It describes something that has already happened. We've already been glorified, it just hasn't been revealed yet. Notice what Jesus said in John seventeen twenty-two. Jesus said, I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. Jesus said, I have given them the glory given is in the past tense. Now in this case it's not in the aorist past tense, it's in the perfect past tense. Meaning it's an event that happened in the past but it affects the present. It's in the past tense. It's already been done. We've been given glory, it just hasn't been revealed yet. And when Christ appears at his second coming, that day will be the revelation of the Son of God but it's also going to be the revelation of the sons and daughters of God. And that disclosure will take place in glory for it's going to involve the sharing of Christ's likeness and the receiving of the glorious resurrection body. Or as the Apostle John wrote, we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Paul said the creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. We have been hidden, protected, and the glory that is ours in Christ has been concealed until that day. He says, for you died. You died means that we should have as little desire for worldly things as a dead person has. Can you imagine a dead person thinking, boy, I just can't wait for that next meal. Boy, I, I want to I get that new Porsche. Or whatever. You see, the Christian's real home is where Christ lives. At the right hand of God. And that truth provides a different perspective on our lives here on earth. To set our mind on things above means to look at life from God's perspective and to seek what He desires. You know what this does? It, it provides an antidote to materialism because we realize how transient the things of this world are. And we don't use them get caught up in them, value them beyond what they are worth. We, we understand that they're to be used for God's glory. And it provides an antidote to sensuality because we realize the pleasures of this world are passing. But there's going to be no pleasure that can beat standing in the presence of Almighty God clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And it provides an antidote to religiosity or just being religious because following Christ means loving and serving every day. When Christ is our life, we have this new attitude. And it also affects how we react to things that happen to us. Because this world is not heaven. And sometimes difficult things happen to us in this world. And sometimes that involves tears and pain and so forth. And when we're going through those times, we we are reminded that if we are, it's because Christ has allowed it. And if he's allowed it, it's for a good reason because he does all things well. And if transforming us into the people that he wants us to be for eternity involves suffering and pain, the only place that he has to work is this world. Because, praise the Lord, in that next world, in that eternal world, in that eternal life, there's going to be no more sorrow, there's going to be no more pain. Amen? Amen. In God's plan, the best is yet to come. Amen?
2: Amen. Pastor Layton went on to close in prayer and bring this particular message in his series in the book of Colossians to a conclusion. And we'll pick up with the new message on tomorrow's broadcast. I hope you can join us then. Details about the church are on the web at highlands.us. There's obviously a lot going on at this time of year. And a lot to look forward to as well. Do check out the uh, website for all the specifics about activities and outreaches and ministries at Church of the Highlands, especially if you're looking for a church home and are in the uh, San Bruno area. Again, the website is highlands. U.S. Details about this particular broadcast are on the web at studyversebyverse.com. That's where you can go to uh, download past broadcasts, listen to more of the messages in this particular series and others. That's studyversebyverse.com. I'm Mike Trout. Do have a great rest of your day and be back tomorrow at this same time when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse.